All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, April 6th of 2023 here. The Masters has teed off. Uh, the Masters is in full swing here. Good luck to all of you with your lineups over the weekend. Should be a very, very fun tournament. Looks like Victor Hovland is uh, on a tear early here. We will see if that continues uh but for those of you who are new here welcome my name is andrew one of the coaches over here at saber sim is a show where we go over how to use the saber sim app answer any and all dfs related questions that come in live in the youtube chat or in the office hours channel in our discord server if you're not in our discord there's a link in the description below to get joined up highly recommend it as always uh also there is a link to a uh our owner's box promotion. If you guys aren't aware, we have partnered with owner's box. We're doing a promotion um, where you can earn free saber some credit. If you play over on owner's box, that link will take you to our signup page. Use code saber or saber sim to get more info on that and to get signed up. But that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, I do know that the MLB main slate has already gotten going a uh, pretty interesting day here. They had a six game main slate, but then, Two of the games got postponed due to inclement weather. So down to a four-game slate with Boston and Detroit already rocking and rolling here with uh, Toronto and uh, the White Sox game coming up pretty soon here. And then we have our first Coors slate of the season, the first Colorado home game. So it should be a fun day for baseball. Uh, the great thing about you know some of this day baseball is that it hasn't been interfering with NBA. So if you're still playing NBA, you know, you're able to get those MLB lineups done in the morning, and then you're still able to uh, play some of this MLB main slates without uh, the two conflicting or the two kind of overlapping and, and having to get a lot of lineups in at the same time. Uh, but to get started here, we have a few questions here in the discord to get us going. But if anybody has any questions now, it's always a great time to get them in looks like chicken nuggy is already uh throwing some questions in so gonna hit this first one from chase here and we will get to all the questions before the end of the show so first question said first more like mma where even fighters who have been fighting may only have a three to five fight sample size what is considered an above normal variance situation in mma so so i think this is a really good point uh question here uh i've talked to will about this in the past uh, we, we've had questions where you know people say like hey you know what are really good spots for me to add value um in the mma process right we have this card coming up here on saturday here big 14 fight card um i'm not sure exactly what fighter uh, chase is referencing here um but but from my experience talking with will you know asking you know where are the best spots for users to add value in the mma process he's always told me that uh, the best place to add value is for fighters who do not have a lot of history for fighters who don't have that many fights under their belt um, or or there's not a lot of data on like previous fights that they did. Uh, those are always the best spots for users to add value, whether you can go and, you know, watch those fights, find them on YouTube or the Internet. Uh, you know, you want to grind the film, whether you want to find uh, details about that from. That, that are kind of like obscure, harder to find. If you could do something along the lines of adding value to fighters who have a very small sample size, that is the best place that you can add value 
in the MMA process. So I would encourage you to do that if that is something that you are uh, considering doing, Chase. But I think that, you know, for, for those spiders specifically, uh, their their projections are probably a little more fragile, and I would take those with a little more uh, grain of salt. But we do our best to project those fighters uh, with the data that we have available to us. All right, next question here from uh, Larry. And it looks like Larry upgraded to the pro plan. Uh, congrats, Larry. Glad to have you up on the pro, pro plan. So uh, looks like this is kind of related to that. Said, is there a generic rule of thumb or ratio slash formula to use when selecting a pool size, for example, if building 300 lineups for MLB, should I set it to the maximum value of 5,000 for pro, or is there a sweet spot to set this number at based on my total number of entries? Uh, looks like GM33 jumped in, always helpful. Uh, gonna gonna give some of my thoughts here as well. So you can, you can never really go wrong by setting it to the maximum for these like classic uh, slates for the for the you know big main slates, you know, many, many games, uh, like an MLB classic slate, NBA classic slate. I would just set it to 5,000 and let it rip. Um, the, the way the builder works is that the builder is generating lineups and then Sabre score is coming in after the fact and then grading all of the lineups. So we're, we're not building your, your best lineup first, your second best lineup second, like that. Like all these lineups are getting generated. Then Sabre Sam goes our Sabre score goes in with the formula for the contest uh, selected, et cetera, and says, okay, you know, um, looking at the different aspects of the lineup, the the projection, the upside, the ownership, and then kind of saying, okay, uh, maybe this lineup needs to get moved up. Maybe this other lineup or sets of lineups need to get moved down and then kind of uh, reorganizes it from there. So in theory, your best lineup could be built last. Uh, so that's why we say, you know, build the max number of lineups that you need, or I mean that you can based on your plan and then um, just let it go from there. The only time that I would suggest against this is if you're building for something like showdown. So when you build on sim diversity 10, which is basically going to be the default sim diversity slider for all showdown formats, um, the builder is going to have a lot harder time generating 5,000 lineups on sim diversity 10 for, for something like this, I would suggest going no further than like a pool size of 2,500. I think a pool size of 2,500 still gives you plenty of optionality here. And in, in a, something like showdown, you know, you're not trying to get super diverse. You're probably shouldn't be maxing out mini uniques. Um, you're, you're almost more like filtering this pool even further in the post build to figure out what lineups you want to take with you into your contest. So I think that for, for showdown, uh, for MMA, for NASCAR, for tennis, uh, maybe even for like league or CS:GO, uh, for for some of these sports, I would suggest capping it at probably around like twenty five hundred and then letting it go from there. So just like less combinations in those sports and in those type of formats in general. But really good question there. All right. Uh, those were actually our only two questions in the Discord. And so I'm going to jump over to YouTube chat. We've got this one question from Chicken Nuggy, and then we will see where we go from here. But question says, how do you know if you have too much diversity? Like you wouldn't want to set min exposure to the highest because then you're getting different just to be different and may affect the integrity of your lineups. Okay, good question here. So I'm going to use this MLB main slate as my um, option here, I'm just going to make two changes to projections. 
prior to running the build, just so the lineups auto-populate here. And then once we get this build going, we will uh, see what it's looking like and talk a little bit about uh, diversity, mini-neeks, min-max exposures, the, the whole nine here. All right, lineups have loaded. So I'm in the post build. I have my lineups. Um, th there really isn't a right answer as to, you know, how do you know if you have too much diversity? Uh, I've seen this one come up uh, often, especially like since baseball started, which is like a high variance sport. Um, th this mini Neeks players, this is what I would consider uh, a tool, an option. It is not a necessity. You're not have to use it i've talked to really good players who do not like using this i've talked to really good players who love this feature and 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 think it's an awesome resource so that just goes to show that you know there's more than one way to play dfs there's more than one way to build winning lineups here um so if if you get to a point where you know you look at your lineup set and you just feel that the exposures are too spread out and you do not want to be this flat. You do not. You want to have some stronger taste, some stronger leverages. That's okay. Just just decrease this number and and find the sweet spot for you that matches your risk tolerance. Some players have a huge risk tolerance and are okay even having you know one mini unique where they have these super strong stands and you know eighty percent plus exposure to multiple players. Some players do not like that, and some players like to be way more spread out. Uh, not have all their eggs in one basket and, you know, a max exposure of 70% here is 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 more than enough for, for some players. So it really comes down to the player you are, have to kind of figure out what it is you are looking for in your lineups. But at the end of the, at the, at the end of the lineup building process, before you go to this fill entries, if you're not happy with what you are seeing, you should go back and make an adjustment somewhere, whether that is assuming some more risk, whether and you know decreasing uniques, whether that is um decreasing risk you know your the risk of profile of this portfolio is just too high so increasing uniques, going in and adjusting individual players you know maybe you don't want more than 50 percent to any individual player so you go in and decrease chris sale from 70 percent to 50 percent and just uh manage your risk to that one specific asset here uh those are questions that you have to answer for yourself it is on a player by player basis. I'm a lot more risk tolerant here. You know, I do not like to max out mini uniques. Um, I'd like to do something where I'm going, you know, around like 50% of my lineup here or no more than 50% into my pool. So if I had a pool of 586 lineups going, I mean, actually I'd be pretty happy with this, you know, being at like lineup 304 out of 586 with six mini uniques here, which is like over half my pool. I think this is great. So I would be completely fine with this. I probably wouldn't have made this adjustment to Chris Sale here. I probably probably would have left that alone. Um, but but I think this is fine, right? But this is me, right? You can go talk to a different player. They're like, no way would I only want you know minimal leverage to some of the best plays on the slate. So figure out what you want and make adjustments accordingly. All right, John M said, is there any tweaking in the NBA projections for the playoffs compared to the regular season? This is a great question coming up on the playoffs here. So usually in the playoffs, um, players or teams in general will, uh, how, how should I say this? M minutes are not so spread out in the playoffs. Teams are going to play their best players. They're going to play them at an above average minutes rate. You know, not so worried about rest, not so worried 
about um, getting other players in the rotation. Like they're just going to play their best players. Uh, we understand that we have, you know, year, years of historical playoff data. We understand that these teams are running tighter rotations uh, that minutes are that the best players are going to play above average minutes here. So we, we are adjusting accordingly and we do understand uh, how to handle that, especially in the playoffs, but that's a really good clarification and a really good, uh, question to ask with NBA season winding down here. All right. Anthony has a question said when building a cash build, why does the player pool amount default to 40? Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so this is a good question. So when we, so the GPP builder is different from the cash builder. What the cash builder is trying to do is it is trying to solve for the mathematical optimal projected score uh, descending. So the highest projected score lineup and then the second highest projected score lineup, and then the third, fourth, fifth, et cetera. The GPP builder is not doing that. The GPP builder is randomly sampling SIMs from the SIM database and, um, you know, taking the projections from those samples and then using those projections to ultimately build your lineups. So what the cash builder is doing is, um, you know, with SIM diversity at zero, it is using the mean projection for all the players. So there's no sampling. We are looking at, what these players score on average across all of our Sims for every game here. And uh, so basically, you know, long-winded way of saying that the cash, the cash solver, the cash builder is a much more rigorous uh, process. It does take more time if you run a cash build and then you run a GPP build, you could see the differences in speed between the two, but that is because this is just more a much, a much more intensive process to build the, top optimal projected score lineups one after another uh in theory you um you know you shouldn't be playing like that many of the cash optimals here like you know you you probably if you're playing cash games you do not want to play the 40th highest projected score lineup like you want to be playing you know the top the top one the top two the top three like the within you know point five points of the top projected score optimal here. So you really shouldn't be diving down much further than this. Uh, this just gives you like a little bit more optionality or uh, more like points of reference almost. But if I was playing cash, I would be sticking with like one of the top five lineups in my top cash uh, build here. So that is, that is why this defaults to 40. And um, that is why sim diversity is off. That is kind of a, uh, Breakdown of what the cash builder is doing overall. All right, Chicken Nuggie said, gotcha, was using min exposure as an example. I think it probably depends a lot on the sport, like approaching MLB and PGA are probably different processes toward ownership things. Yeah, so, you know, I think that's a great point to touch on here. Um, I In a sport like NBA, for example, just since I have this NBA build, uh, these players are a lot more normally distributed. These players are a lot more likely to reach their projections on a night to night basis. That is why you see, you know, such high uh, ownerships here. I'm much more comfortable playing players at this, uh, at a rate similar to their ownership in a sport like NBA, where when you pull up their distribution is this nice bell shaped curve here. And then if we were to go over to MLB and uh, look at the distributions there of like the top hitters, for example, here, uh, we'll just use this, go back to the main slate here, and then we'll just sort by projection for batters, uh, top projected batter, Charlie Blackman here. And, you know, this this is probably a little better than some of the other charts that we've seen, but his highest outcomes are still, you know, less than five points, 
with a big uh, tail event here. So, you know, the, the worst thing in, in baseball and like a big main slate is like when you have, you know, 40% owned Aaron judge on like a big 11 game main slate. And then he hits two home runs and it's like, Oh my God, like the chalk gets there. You know what I mean? Uh, so many outcomes where he doesn't get to there, but, but of course he gets there. Right. So I think that, you know, uh, batters specifically for, for MLB here, if you were to see batters in like the 70% range on a big main slate, like just stay away and, and never go down that route. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, very different. It is sport dependent. It's kind of what we were just talking about what I was trying to exemplify there. So, uh, handle it on a sport by sport basis and just be aware of some of the differences in player range of outcomes, I think is the biggest takeaway there. And then he said, thank you. Yep. Happy to clarify on that front. Uh, that those are our last questions. If anybody has any last questions, just, uh, get those in the chat. Now I'll hang out for a couple minutes, wait for those to roll in. I realized that this was probably going to be a little bit of a quieter day, uh, with the masters getting going this morning with the MLB main slate already going, uh, with just this late season NBA going on. I think that there is still probably a little hockey going on here too. Uh, yeah, big 14 game hockey slate. So, you know, if you are, uh, already kind of done with DFS for the day, you know, MLB's locked. Uh, what do I do? Uh, Hey, we got a big 14 game hockey slate here. So th- this should be a lot of fun if you're interested in getting a little more DFS action today. And um, just to talk about this a little more here, I, I can't um, tell you guys enough how important it is to take advantage of overlay here, but you know, our Saber Sim plus owner's box promotion, uh, all of the, main GPPs for the owner's box slate today overlaid. I was, um, you know, hawking the lobby, making sure that I was entering everything that overlaid. So they had a 25 cent 70 max that overlaid that a $1 27 max that overlaid that a $4 nine max that overlaid. And then their flagship $15 24 max, uh, also overlaid. So take advantage of the overlay, take advantage of the, no rake uh, contest, take advantage of getting free SaberSim credit when you uh, rack up entry fees and by using promo code Saber or SaberSim, and then take advantage of their $500 deposit bonus. So that is all for today, everybody. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow's show, our last show of the week, Friday. So get your questions in before the weekend. If you guys are building lineups, DFS question pops in your head. Throw it in the office hours channel. Let it sit there. I'll try and get you an answer in case there's any locks coming up, but then we will just be able to circle back to it on the very next show. So until tomorrow, take care, good luck, and I will see you. Bye.